We're live. We are live. What's up, everybody? Uh, We're starting a little bit early today. First of all, welcome to Status Quo. I am Ron Placone. And I'm Tina Desiree Berg. Welcome, welcome. We we have a crazy show today, folks. And you know what? I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but I just got to say, when we say things, and, and when we say things like, this is why independent media has to exist to fill the void that corporate media is leaving, boy, is this a textbook example of it. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, like, like this is unreal. So uh, today's show is mainly going to be focused on East Palestine, Ohio, right. because there is so much stuff being neglected by yeah. the corporate media. There's stuff deliberately being omitted. We're going to talk about a lot of that. And we're going to hear from some people uh, who are there. Uh, we're going to start right now with a video from the mayor. This is from yeah. the mayor of East Palestine at their town hall. And I think this really captures the tone of of what's going on. So we're going to start going right to that. And uh, we got a lot to unpack for you today. Yep. This format was for safety. Everybody had safety concerns. Uh, The people want answers. I want answers. We're going to put everybody up here. No, Norfolk Southern didn't show up. They didn't feel it was safe. I've been outside all night. There's a long line. This isn't the way this is supposed to go. We're going to have everybody go up in the stands. They can ask questions. We just hope everybody stays civil. If not, they'll end it. But How did you want it to go? I wanted to be in the auditorium in front of the stage representing the citizens. Peacefully. Peacefully. They've said I've kept my mouth shut. I, I, was here for, I was here for the first five days, but the last five days I haven't been here. The reason I haven't been here has been working behind the scenes trying to get higher elected officials in here to help us out. I'm a mayor of a town of 4,700 people. If you think I can fight against a railroad or fight against the EPA or fight against any like that, you're crazy. What's your reaction to them saying they don't feel safe coming here tonight? I don't feel safe in my town. I tell everybody they're safe. I think our citizens are safe. I think my drinking water is safe. How are you going to get them to talk to you if they're sitting at those tables? The tables are, the tables we just did because we can't, you know, we're trying to get information out to our citizens. Everybody's concerned. I'm concerned. But, you know, it's not Norfolk Southern here. It's the EPA, the people that have been working with us, trying to get our citizens back into their homes safe. That's what we need right now. We need our citizens to feel safe in their own homes. You sound frustrated. What? You sound frustrated. I'm very frustrated. You guys are you guys are doing the best you can. I understand you have to get views, so sometimes you put stuff out. I had a talk with Mr. Boney. Uh, his station decided to say that we nuked our town. We didn't nuke our town. There was two options. We either detonate those tanks or they detonate themselves. This option, yes, harmful chemicals went in the air. I'm truly sorry, but that is the only option we had. If we didn't do that, then they were going to blow up and we were going to throw shrapnel all across this town. So what is your greatest concern at this point? My greatest concern is that my citizens feel safe. That's what I care about. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about giving reports on TV. I, you know, I want you all safe. I want my citizens. I want this. This. I don't want 50 cameras around me. I want to be watching a basketball game here, watching my kids play in this gym. People don't. People keep forgetting. I, yeah, I'm a local politician. I live in this town. I don't. I don't live somewhere else making decisions for Columbus or Washington D.C. I live in East Palestine. I live two blocks from here. I live two blocks from the train tracks. I'm concerned just like everybody else. The reality. I spoke with Norfolk Southern. I, I speak with them every day. I spe- spoke with Alan Shaw today. They've been working with us tremendously, but they should because they're the ones that screwed this up. How long do you think it, like turning it to this format now? I mean, this could go on for 24 hours. Then that's what what had so happened. What are you going? What are you going to do right now in terms of controlling what? I'm going to hope that I gave the people what they wanted, so I hope everybody doesn't stand up and get a stump speech. I have all the experts behind me at these tables, and by God, we're going to get some answers for these people. The rea- Because they're scared for their safety. The reality is your town is under a microscope. The EPA administrator is coming tomorrow. Yes. What is your message for him? What do you need? I need help. I'm not ready for this. I, wa- I wasn't built for this. I always consult myself as a leader of men, and I have the village on my back, and I'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to make this right. You know that this I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. This is my town. I'm not going to sell my house. I'm not going to move my kids out of the school. I'm here to stay. 
and they're going to make it right, and that's it. That, that's it. We're, I'm, I'm done playing games. They're not playing games either. I'm not. It's not he said, she said. They screwed up our town. They're going to fix it. If they don't, I'll be the first one calling all you back to do this all over again. What is it? Mayor, you're in the middle of a growing This is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wow. Yeah. So that was the mayor at the town hall last night. Uh, So Norfolk Southern decided not to show up. They said that they were worried about the well-being of their employees, which I think is kind of a cop out. Also, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg didn't show up. I think he should have been there. He's the uh, Secretary of Transportation. He wasn't there. So what we ended up seeing is a lot of of rightfully angry residents and nobody to, you know, vent their anger on. Yeah, I mean, and and this is a failure on so many levels. I mean, I mean, keep in mind, like the EPA has been gutted so much over the years. Uh, So so that's a factor here. Norfolk Southern has, you know, I mean, they're really the mayor's being diplomatic and and I get why he would do that. But but really, they are failing big time here. And it's absolutely criminal that they weren't present for this. I I mean, this is one of those situations. And you just see this mayor of a town just so desperate for answers. And there have been other quotes from him where it's like, what do we do? We're desperate for answers. And and this failure at a federal level is so, I mean, tremendous. And it's been not surprising, but nonetheless disturbing. Yeah. And and both parties have had a hand in this. You know, what kills me is you see online on Twitter, for example, you see people in the Republican party blaming the Democrats. You see the Democrats blaming the Republicans when really at the end of the day, they've both had a say in this, right? This was a bipartisan effort. I mean, Trump gutted the EPA. Trump, you know, um, eased some restrictions. Biden kept that train a rolling, no pun intended. Biden stopped the rail strike. So stopped the rail strike. This was a bipartisan effort, you know, and and, and it's so absolutely gross. And, you know, I, I think we should also mention there was another derailment in Detroit. That's right. Uh, so we have a video guess, of that. Uh, do we want to play know, that now? You know or? how in uh, you know how in uh, it's a wonderful life. It's like every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Here in the oligarchy of the United States, every time we randomly shoot something out of the sky, a train derails. USA, <laughs> baby, it's great. It's wonderful. I, I mean, it's just. Yeah. So, yeah, Detroit's happening right now. One thing we'll mention as we continue here, Status Lou is going to be on the beat in New Palestine. That's right. Ohio. He'll be there on the ground. Um, he's going to be there starting this weekend, and uh, maybe he'll be going out to Detroit, too. I mean, again, guys, this is breaking, so we're rolling with this the absolute best we can. Uh, we have a fraction of the resources of the corporate media, yet we're doing more than they do. So uh, we're doing our absolute best. And uh, yeah, so Status Lou is going to be on the beat in New Palestine, potentially Detroit as well. We'll see what happens. And um, let's go to the EPA's side of this, too. Okay. Because I think we showed you we showed you what's really going on. I mean, that was an honest testimonial from the mayor who is just completely in over his head. And reasonably so anybody would be in that situation. Right. And they're really not getting the support they need. And I think that really captures it. So here's what the EPA has to say about all this. And by the way, they were keeping people out of, um, you know, a a conference that they had. So let's go to that. We are absolutely going to hold Norfolk Southern accountable. And I can promise you that. From the very beginning, EPA personnel have been on site supporting local and state partners as they've led emergency response efforts. We've had boots on the ground leading robust air quality testing, including the advanced technological aspect plane and a mobile analytical laboratory in and around East Palestine. Since the fire went out, EPA air monitoring has not detected any levels of health concern in the community that are attributed to the, to the train derailment. EPA has assisted with the screening of more than 480 homes under the voluntary screening program offered to residents and no detections of vinyl chloride or hydrogen chloride were identified. And we're continuing to make those screenings available to any resident that wants to have their indoor air tested. We're also continuing to conduct 24-7 air monitoring to ensure the health and safety of all residents. As it relates to water, EPA is supporting Ohio and the local government in determining what impacts the spill has had on surface and groundwater 
and ensuring that the derailment has not had an effect on drinking water supply. <laughs> Meanwhile, the fish are dying, pets are getting sick, and people are getting sick. We're going to be speaking with someone who was a guest on this show uh, who just got back from her doctor, and we yeah. got some breaking news for that. But, yeah, there has been chemical damage to human beings in this. So what that man is saying is not accurate at all, what he just no, said. No, it's not accurate. Um, in fact, so let's read what she said about her doctor, if you want to put that up on the screen, Colin. So this is what she told Status Quo as her update. Um, she lives 50 miles away in Poland, Ohio, um, and had a burnt tongue, throat, numb lips, and gastrointestinal bleeding. So she went to the doctor, and the doctor said this. My doc, And she said this about the doctor. My doctor said I have signs of chemical exposure in my mouth, throat, ears, and nose. He declined blood work as they do not have tests to identify chemicals in the bloodstream. He advised me to come in monthly for a chest x-ray to be proactive should anything begin to form. Other than that, he said there is little information coming out from the authorities that the medical people aren't sure how to proceed. I have faith in him, and he said he would let me know if any of the, his other patients begin to develop additional symptoms. He said there have been a ton of people from our area coming into his office with the same symptoms I have had, which is no surprise. This is a carcinogenic that yep. they spewed, that they intentionally spewed into the air. I mean, let's remember that. This was intentionally done, right? This was the they cheapest way for, yeah. yeah, because it was the cheapest way for Norfolk uh, Southern to handle it. Um, you know, so they have massive liability here, in my opinion. I think the government has been at fault. You know, we talked earlier about how Trump had rolled back, you know, parts of the regulations. But let's go back even a and further. When Obama was originally putting these regulations in place, he was lobbied by the rail industry to only have the crude oil included in his legislation. So as far as I'm concerned, that's an initial failure as well. Well, and the big thing, too, is that they're saying these things like, oh, it's not a big deal for humans. We're going to call off the evacuation. It Meanwhile, no, now. this is really serious. And by the way, the, the, the plumes floating around. And, and so like a ton of areas are in danger and nobody is talking about this. Nobody is treating it with the um, the severity that it really is. I mean, I have I have family in Pittsburgh and, and I brought it up to them and I'm like, guys, you got to be careful. Be careful when you go outside. And they were like, oh, that's a long way away from us. I'm like, not really. Like, no, like, like yeah, it's, that, it's it can travel here <laughs> travel. Then they're making it out. I, I mean, it, it, they're just not accurately portraying what's going on. And it's like you talk to these residents and you find out like, no, this this is very serious. They are really downplaying this. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I want to take a look, Ron, a little bit about this PSR model that's getting some attention now. I know a more perfect union who continues to do fantastic work. Um, they had a little video that they put up on Twitter. Uh, so let's play that. And then I want to look at the hedge fund mo model that became the basis for this, because it, it, it has everything to do with why we're here today. Let's talk about the flaming axle that appears to have derailed the Norfolk Southern train in East Palestine, Ohio. Doorbell video shows the axle overheating and failing about 20 miles before the train derailed. But initial reports say the crew was only notified about a mechanical issue shortly before the derailment. So why did that alert take so long to reach the crew if the axle was overheating for 20 miles? We're gonna follow the NTSB investigation as it unfolds. Their main job is to answer why this happened, and their first update on this was issued last night. No surprise, they suspect the overheated axle to be at fault. Rail workers have suggested that precision scheduled railroading has a lot to do with all of this. PSR is the corporate practice that's been piling up profits for the railroads lately. In short, it means cutting costs and doing more work with less people and safety resources. And it governs every system in the rail industry, including those designed to catch problems. So let's hear more from a union leader and 22-year railroad veteran. The defect detectors have changed. Uh, they created several years back what's called a trending defect detector. Let's say defect detector number one, this car passes, it sees it heating up. It sends a signal to the dispatch center and it talks to the next detector. The train passes the second detector. It sees the heat increasing. There's another alarm sent. The train crew is not hearing any of this, though. It's kind of like an algorithm, so to speak. They're watching the car. What should be happening is the dispatch center notifying the crew to keep the check on this car. But that ain't the times we live in, because it's hurry up, get the train across the railroad, 
let's make the fat cats on Wall Street happy and turn a profit. And now, if that crew hits the third defect detector, that car could be way too hot and be in a catastrophic uh, situation as this one was. Then the crew gets an alarm and sometimes it's too late. So when something starts going wrong, the train crew doesn't always hear about it. Dispatch does, and they tell the crew when to check it out. But PSR has put major strain on that critical system that's supposed to keep all of us safe from a disaster like this. Everybody on the railroad, every craft took an extreme hit with PSR. It consolidated all these dispatchers' uh, territories to one desk where you might have had four or five dispatchers. Now you got one guy handling doing the work of five people. The train dispatcher might have went from covering about 200 something miles of territory upwards to a thousand. They have all these trains on the screen they're taking care of. They could have heard this silent alarm that we don't hear on the train and they're so busy they couldn't get to that. Clyde is talking about an example of what the current conditions are like. We'll get answers as the NTSB investigation unfolds, but rail workers have warned us about the dangers of PSR and extreme profiteering long before this disaster happened. So it's a good thing that instead of staffing better and, and having better staff trains instead of grossly understaffed trains and overworking yeah. these people it's a good thing they did all these stock buybacks instead yeah no exactly it's a good thing they did all that instead of so yeah i mean greed is the big component here and again that's something that was addressed in the rail strike they weren't just striking um you know for better pay they were mainly striking because of working conditions and what were some of those working conditions? Well, we showed you here on the show, being on call 80 plus hours a week. Right. What kind of quality of life is one that? One person so, on a train alone. One person on a train alone. And it's not just one person on a train, which by the way, I mean, you could be caffeinated to the freaking gills and, and be like like in, in the top shape of your life and have just taken uh, a, a hit of ginseng. That's still <laughs> way too much for one freaking person. Right. Let no, alone it absolutely is. It's who dangerous. is grossly overworked and they're exhausted. Right. Right. Like, but like, I, like, oh my God. I think it's interesting how he's just he's talking about how they used to have more than one person doing these monitoring sessions, right? And now they've mm -hmm. kind of consolidated them now, and so he might not even notice that this alarm is going off on these clearly old axles. By the way, that's another thing to bring up. And the reason we got to this point is because of this hedge fund model that has been instituted across all of these um, train companies, right? So it's not just one, one adopted it, and now they've all adopted it because they're able to extract more wealth. So I wanted to put up this um, article from Common Dreams that sort of does a deep dive into this PCR, PSR model, <laughs> say that 10 times fast, um, and look at that. So. Do not let this thing be normalized, said one railroad worker. It's time to take back our rail system from greedy profiteers who externalize risks and reap profits at our expense. An interunion in union alliance of rail workers argued Tuesday that the massive freight train crash in East Palestine, Ohio, late last week was predictable consequence of Wall Street-backed policy decisions that have hollowed out the industry's workforce, pushed remaining employees to chronic exhaustion, and sacrificed safety for profits. In an assessment of the Norfolk Southern train derailment based on currently available information, Railroad Workers United wrote that the root causes of this wreck are the same ones that have been singled out repeatedly associated with the hedge fund initiated operating model known as Precision Schedule Railroading or PSR. The group noted that the immediate cause of the wreck appears to have been a 19th century style mechanical failure of the axle on one of the cars, an overheated bearing leading to derailment, then hijacking, tumbling cars. And we did talk about last week about that Lever News article where they didn't want to update these axles and these brakes, right? That was part of the legislator that they lobbied to have not passed. Um, so I think that that's part of the story too. Uh, so there is in no way in the 21st century, save from a combination of incompetence and disregard to public safety, that such a defect should still be threatening our communities, wrote RWU, which supports nationalization of the U.S. rail system. 40% of the weight of an NS32N was grouped at the rear third of the train, which has always been a bad practice and made more dangerous with longer, heavier trains. The statement continued, the fact that almost certain that the fact almost certainly made the work the wreck dynamically worse, but increasingly the PSR driven carriers driven to cut costs and crew time by the by any means necessary, cut corners 
and leave crews and the public at risk. Yeah, these are just a natural outcome, and they don't have any re uh, regard at all to, you know, the safety of their workers, let alone the folks that might be at risk that live by railroads. It's it's crazy that this is happening. And I think it didn't get a lot of attention until this year. It started getting attention because of the rail worker strike. But nothing changed. Nothing happened. So, you know, nothing I changed. Mean, had the strike went through, that there's a chance that all of this could have been prevented. I agree. Because, I mean, all, I all of these things are preventable on multiple levels. And, and what's the culprit they all have in common? Well, it's just, you know, greed. they want to just, greed. yeah, greed, corporate greed. I mean, it's it's it is unreal that it got to this point and that it. Wow. This is just yeah. something. So we have a guest who is here now. We're going to go ahead and uh, bring them in. All right. Um, yeah. So, hi. Uh, this is how are you? This is Zuzia. Uh, did I mispronounce your name? Is Zuzia, right? Zuzia. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it. Zuzia. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so you are a resident of East Palestine, correct? Right. So walk us through what you've been experiencing the last couple of days. Oh, wow. It's been really overwhelming and, and surreal and shocking and horrifying and just dehumanizing. Um, really, yeah, a lot of big feelings, a lot of uh, uh, um, like disbelief, really. Um, yeah. It's scary. It's very scary. I, we don't know what's safe, where is safe, what right. to do, anything. And my refresh everybody's oh, uh, memory who may not be familiar. What is uh, what is the situation with your nine year old son? Right. Um, so he's immune compromised. He has pretty bad asthma. It, that's what hospitalized him before. It, it was one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, he has allergies as well. And um, the doctors recently over the past few months, he's been in and out of hospitals. He had COVID. Then he had a. a some other infections that just he was not himself he was this little boy who loved playing outside running outside playing in the creeks playing sports and he was just so sick um from all these things so we we were really afraid whenever the, this train derailment happened um that night we were right at the mile marker from it and we were closer wow. to the school that was an evacuation zone so we decided to, to stay sheltered in place like the rest of the town about five hours in um, I started smelling it in the house. Um, I started getting sick and then literally not even five or 10 minutes later, my son, I, I heard him, I th it sounded like a cough and I, I thought it was a cat at first and then I realized it was my son puking and I ran to his room and he, he, was, he was not sick at all before this event. And um, I ran into his room and um, he was just like projectile vomiting. And, and when, when I walked in the room, I, I, I like hesitated for a minute because it was like a, you could tell maybe it was drafty, more drafty in there, but you could tell there was like a big cloud of some kind of chemical smell more than the rest of the house. And he was projectile vomiting and he was shaking. And um, he said he couldn't breathe. He asked, he was begging for water. And I didn't know if he was going to stop breathing. I didn't know what was going to happen at that point. And like, I, I didn't even clean up the throat. We, I ran out of there with him. I already had a little bag packed because at that point I was concerned because this fire had gotten so big. And at that time, we didn't even know what was burning on the train. We had no idea. Um, it took over a day for Norfolk to even admit that there was chemicals on the train. And then even after the evacuation order was lifted, they said, oh, yeah, by the way, there was three other hazardous, like highly carcinogenic chemicals on this train, which was terrifying. I mean, all of this has just been really horrific. But yeah, so my son and I, we, we ran out of there. My partner was with us. Um, we didn't even get to bring our kittens at that point because it was just, I didn't know what to expect with my son's health. It was just really scary. And I just knew we had to leave. I said, we had to, we have to go right now. Um, yeah, but How is, he, how's your uh, son doing? Is he doing a little bit better or? Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, so he, he threw up one more time about an hour after we left in, in a hotel that we had evacuated to about 20 miles away. Okay. Um, and then after that he was okay. He has been absolutely fine since. Um, he did have a like about two days after that. He developed these rashes on his arms. They were just splotchy, looked like eczema. Um, but it's it's very similar to the rest of the kids in town right now, and a lot of adults as well. Um, but those went away too, and he's been fine. But we haven't been back. Um, he has not yeah. been back at all. Today was the first time I actually returned home for an air quality test, and I actually couldn't be in the house for more than a few minutes before I started feeling sick again. 
Are, are the kids of... okay? Yeah. So about a day Good. later, we we were able to go back. Um, my partner went back and get, got the kittens out of there um, before they started really like cracking down on road closures and stuff for the people like right at that mile marker. Um, things were changing by the hour. Um, just state police and undercover police and emergency vehicles. 50 different d fire departments showed up like it was just so chaotic, but we were able to slip in between some of those barriers before they really started like really cutting off stuff even on our like local highway into PA. Um, and we got our kittens out of there. Yeah, so. I think I think I heard one of them meow. Actually, yeah. they, were, they were answering my question. They were like, "We're okay." Well, yeah. I'm, 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 we're certainly glad your household is all okay. Although it's so terrible what you're going through. This is absolutely terrible. It's inexcusable. Um, it's just absolutely inexcusable. So uh, speak does, a little bit to your experience when you try to attend the EPA. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. So the one today. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that it wasn't open for residents. I thought yeah. that was odd because um, it, it didn't I, like I only had heard about it maybe a couple hours ahead of when it was actually happening. And um, yeah. we were actually already at the park meeting with some reporters and some other local people um, in the gazebo across the side of the park. Um, so we walked over there and they were yeah, they were denying us to go in the building and listen and ask questions. Especially, it was concerning for me because last night was our town hall meeting, which ended up having probably like at least hundreds of people, maybe if not thousands of people, a lot of media. Um, they, the crowd was angry. The residents were angry. Um, that was very evident. And I'm wondering if they wanted to do just a press, like, like media only today so our voices couldn't be heard. That yeah. they could just kind of write the narrative that they wanted the press to show to the rest of the world. I think so. Uh, so did you hear any of the video of the EPA guy speaking? Because I would like to know how that makes you feel. Do you feel like he's lying to you? Does it make you angry? Um, I haven't heard too many things. I really haven't had a chance to okay. catch up on it entirely. I did see some of the things that they said they were going to crack down on federal protocols for the trains going through because, I mean, they've literally lobbied against some of these safety features that would have prevented this disaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would lobby like to, successfully yeah. against. I mean, both parties have been part and parcel to listening to these lobbyists and preventing any of these safety regulations from being passed. But also the train company. I mean, one of the things that the workers were saying that we shouldn't be running trains that are 150 car lengths long. One of the employees said, this is one of the train workers, they, there should be some limitations to the weight and the length of the trains. In this case, had the train not been 18,000 tons, it's very likely the effects of the derailment would not have been, the, the effects of the derailment would have been mitigated. So this worker is basically saying that they're adding way too many cars and way too much weight to an axle that's already compromised. And that could have been avoided that way as well. So there's just, again, it's motivated by greed. Mm -hmm. Before, uh, before we let you go, could you, could you speak a little bit about the town hall last night and your experience yeah. there as well? I felt very angry after I left. I felt like that was kind of what I was expecting them to do. They just gave us a lot of runaround um, vague answers that kind of dodged your questions and they just used as many words as they could. Like they weren't really saying anything while they were saying it. And there was a lot of long winded, I don't knows. There was a lot of, um, I, I actually stayed over at the end of it for about an hour trying to talk to as many EPA, uh, whoever I could before they moved their stuff out. And um, yeah. I was asking questions to Ohio EPA and he, he directed me to the US EPA. I went to him, he said, oh, the Ohio EPA guys who you want to talk to, and neither one of them had the answer. Nobody could answer the real actual questions. A lot of residents had a pretty strong voice. There are women, uh, there's a woman who lives real close to me, her house was condemned. They said wow. that she, she, her air tested okay first, and then they went back, she demanded more testing because she's by the contaminated creek, just like yeah. I am. And they condemned her house. They're paying for her to move out every all her moving costs. And they're still telling people at this town hall meeting that they're not finding levels in people's home. And that's just not true. And she's not the only one either. Well, how yeah. can they like like how can they say that when it's like the way you're describing it? It's like most people are showing these various symptoms, right. be it like like yeah. a sore throat or a headache. And right. you're you're talking about these rashes that a lot of people right. have, especially children. We're I really mean, concerned. It's scary. Yeah, so scary. we're asking that. We're asking why are we getting sick and we couldn't get an answer. Oh, yeah, they, so they, one of the things the EPA is saying is that the homes that they are testing, that the air contamination is fine. They've actually said this about several of the homes, which mm -hmm. I doubt is the case. So well, the readings are they're showing us that, that they are, um, but our houses smell like formaldehyde. 
they smell like overwhelming chemical smell, people are still getting sick. It doesn't add up. Like either the numbers you're getting need to be lowered or you're lying. Right. Like people I, are I, sick. Answer yeah. why. We didn't all just develop the same problems just co coincidentally when CDC data shows these are the symptoms from these this, this exposure. It's bullshit. They're lying to our faces. Well, the other part, too, is the long-term effects of these chemicals. Even in yeah. the, right now, we're discussing, like, the short-term things, like the rashes, the vomiting, headaches, these types of things. Long-term effects could lead to cancer if you're exposed to this, um, you know, in perpetuity. So there's that concern as well. Uh, the yeah. EPA hasn't really said anything about that. Yeah, so I do know... Um at least some of these, especially the vinyl fluoride, um, but the other ones are just honestly as bad. Um, 40 yeah. years. It can take 40 years to show up in a person. And and, and then these other ones. If you look on the CDC um, website, um, they have an agency for toxic substances and disease registry that shows exact levels. Um, but, I mean, they don't have much data from these this exposure other than, like, PVC warehouses that people work with this stuff or right, right. the oh, world sure. wars. The world okay. wars crazy it's very scary no it's very scary um so my other question is what are they taking care of your hotel bills is somebody stepping up at least to provide some sort of relief is fema coming in and taking care of families like how is all of the logistics being played out here no um so norfolk southern had they had hired a claims department that they had a assistance center set up they were reimbursing people for spending their own money um reimbursing with receipts only for a mile radius um, and then once they tested with the, the air quality team that they hired, once they tested our air as okay, they were no longer reimbursing, reimbursing anybody. They oh were often doing convenience checks, oh but God. yeah, it, it's really, it's really, uh, we're on our own here now. Yeah. We're just running out of time, running out of money. Uh, FEMA was, we're told that FEMA wouldn't accept this as a, Nat a normal disaster, a regular disaster. They gave some oh, because it's not a natural. Okay, it's yeah, because this doesn't. This does not happen. The last one, that, right. like one of the last ones that happened, was one tenth of the size in Paulsboro, New Jersey, in 2012. And they try to cover it up the same way. People are still getting sick there. This is, I mean, the the railway railways are just not being regulated. They're lobbying against putting hazardous labels on these trains. This train was right. not marked hazardous. Why? <laughs> we need answers. We need reasons why they're not being held accountable. I agree. So you're not getting help from Norfolk Southern. You're not getting help from the government. Uh, I'd say both of them are responsible for this disaster and need to step up to the plate and pony out some funds. Right. Uh, Biden just shut down the railroad strike. A lot of these workers right. were warning against something exactly like this happening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He should not have done that. I, you know, again, that wasn't the name of commerce, right? We can't have the railroad, rail, railroad workers on strike because that will shut down the economy. Everything is, all of these mm -hmm. decisions are are ultimately motivated by profiteering. They're ultimately motivated by, you know, capitalists and corporate America having Amen. having it their way all the time to, to yeah. an excessive amount where it's just not tenable at this point. And I worry, you know, we have another derailment that just happened in D D Detroit two hours ago, right? So mm -hmm. this is also a Norfolk Southern train. So obviously there's clearly a pattern here. There's a problem. Yes. So uh, thank you so much for, for giving us an, an update here. And, and uh, you know, we, we wish you guys to, to stay safe. I mean, it's so terrible yeah. what you're going through. People mm -hmm. uh, want to know, though, are, is there anything they, out there? Is there like a GoFundMe or yeah, is there say, any way that, that citizens can help at this point in time? Or, or is anything in development that you know of? Yeah. So the only thing I know of, and I've been getting that question a lot, so maybe I might have to set something up myself. I know there are a lot of us that are still in hotels because even though they say our air is safe, they're getting, we're getting sick and we smell it. Yeah, I wouldn't go back. I don't blame you. No, um, I know there is a GoFundMe set up, but I've also been warned that they can withhold funds sometimes. So I don't know if they're, I, I don't know much about that myself, but maybe I need to step up and, and take care of that because I haven't heard of anything else. Maybe somebody else in town um, has, but not me. Okay, okay. well... Well, if Keep anything changes, yeah, if anything changes in that department, please feel free to send it our way. And, and um, you know, we'll, share it, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely keep in, in contact with you here. And, and thank you so much for sharing yes. this information with us. Yeah, there's so most of the information that's being um, uh, shared around um, with local residents was really happening is on our uh, East Palestine Facebook groups. Really, okay. Okay. there's people from out of state coming in and saying this is the only place we're really getting the true what's happening on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I believe will keep it. you guys updated. I believe it. All right. Thank you very we much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Best, best to the kid and the kittens. Thank you so much. All right. Be well.
Oh, wow. So, folks, uh, and of course, when we find out more about any potential GoFundMes or anything like that, we, of course, will share that. And in the meantime, do check out that Facebook group. I think that was kind of where where Status Coup started. Had found I mean, some we, folks, we kind yeah. of found a lot of folks that way, too. I know Jordan did. I know that um, they were going to go out there even earlier, but it was just not quite safe uh, yet. Yeah. But, but Status Lou is on his way. Yeah, we uh, don't want Lou to get sick. Um, so Lou yeah. is going to be on the ground there uh, starting this weekend. Um, so please, if you're not a member already, consider becoming a member of Status Coup. It is your membership dues that fund our on-the-ground reporting, which can get pricey. Um, all of our equipment, hotel rooms, airfare, it adds up. Um, but it's important stuff, and we want to keep doing the work that we're doing. Uh, so please consider becoming a member, and make sure you tune in all weekend um, to see Status Lou's reporting down down in East Palestine on the ground there. Yeah, I mean, with with the rate, with the way things are going right now, we might need to invest in oxygen tanks too. I know. So you know, like, like it's not easy to do journalism, oh folks. God. So if you can, uh, you know, please do become a member because, again, I mean, this is just a colossal failure of it's federal a colossal government. failure and you of, know it's not the first time it's happened and i just don't how many times do we have to repeat this with with corporations getting their way with deregulation with regular regulatory capture where they have their ex-employees go into government organizations that are supposed to be the watchdogs no longer being the watchdogs because they're you know going to go back to the corporations when they're done with their government stint and it's the people in this country that continue to suffer. It just keeps ratcheting up and getting worse. I mean, my honest answer to your question. I know, and say it. it. I know. What general you're... strike. I mean, general strike. Like, like until yeah. there is a general strike, this shut will not it, yeah. stop. Like, a straight up shut it down until yeah. the status quo changes. You know, and, and we can't just, I mean, it, it just, I don't call for a general strike because I think it'll be easy. It's not going to be easy. I call for a general strike because I, I don't I don't see any other option. Right. I, I see no other option. If someone has another option, please let me know. I'd be curious to hear it. Uh, and I've gotten all kinds of uh, interesting responses to that when I've posed that question in the past. There have been people who think that if, if I just start an email list, that will somehow solve all of our woes. So uh, that's a hell of an imagination. Uh, but, you know, I, I think in reality, Phil. <laughs> Um, it's going to take a general strike, and I, I don't see any other way. I really don't. And, and also, as we're talking to uh, some of these uh, these folks, and we have some more deaths here coming up at around 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 yeah. Pacific. in about um, 10 minutes. Another thing to keep in mind is that some of the interviews Jordan conducted, some of these interviewees also spoke to uh, corporate outlets, and they spoke to the corporate outlets for a while, and the corporate outlets seem to have conveniently omitted when they their, talk about their symptoms. Yeah, their health so symptoms. people are getting yeah. sick and they know it. The stuff that we just heard of people having symptoms, people having rashes, yeah. that is common. It's not safe to be there. They should not have called off that evacuation order, but now I we're agree. realizing why they did it. At first I thought, well, why would they call off an evacuation order? We found out why, because like our guests told us, they stopped reimbursing people when the air Money. was declared yeah. safe. So the evacuation order was called off to save them even more money. This is I think we're looking down the barrel of a massive class action lawsuit, and I'm here for that. Um, and you're I, right. So I, I, I really to... want to share your optimism there. I, I hope know. So. <laughs> I, I freaking hope so. And and I hope, I hope this so. I hope this company goes out of business. I, I hope, agree. I hope I hope Suffolk uh, Northern. What's it called? North Norfolk, Norfolk Southern. Southern. That you, there's no way anyone can say that five times fast. That's why no. they named it that. No. They named it that. They're like, no, no one, people screw this up. Norfolk um, Southern, which is so, weird because like Norfolk is kind of the South, depending on who you ask. They're messing with <laughs> us. But like, they're messing with us. Um, so like you said, a lot of the folks that Jordan interviewed did longer former format interviews with major news outlets, but they were cut down into little sound bites um, and their symptoms were kind of not just mentioned at all in the sound bites. So in uh, in lieu of that, we put together a call and put together a little uh, mismatch of some of the East Palestine interviews we've done over the last few days. Um, let's go ahead and play that clip, Colin. In your experience, uh, does the actual areas these are happening and the makeup of uh, the residents and, and frankly, poverty uh, play a part in the sweeping it under the rug. Well, 
they actually do because I don't know if there's a perception or idea by those leaders or those agencies that they're just not going to figure it out. They're just going to run the clock on them, which I think is a huge mistake because they are figuring it out. They will figure it out. They do count. They do matter. They do have a voice and they're learning how to really start using it. And bravo for that. But oftentimes they are dismissed um, because they think they're not going to find out or they're not going to understand what it means. I mean, it's an entire learning curve and I've seen plenty of communities willing to go and do that. And it's, they have a great sense of common sense and they know something's wrong, but they get pushed back on or suppressed or repressed because they're told, oh, you shouldn't ask any questions. And if you do ask any questions, they're not smart questions and you don't know anything. I mean, this, I've been here, done that. It was really bad there's smoke everywhere and it was not good for anybody in the area and then the controlled explosion that didn't seem very controlled to me just made it a lot worse for everybody the toxic gases and everything just it was a mess for everybody and can you talk about because uh you've basically been taking your animals to the vet back and forth back and forth uh i want to show an image you posted uh of one uh, that looks pretty ill. Uh, that's one of your foxes there. Swollen face, yeah. runny eyes, coughing. Uh, another one, unfortunately, uh, passed away. Um, this is uh, Kieran. Uh, so far at the vet, they've tested the blood levels and there's raised liver enzymes. All of that is in line with vinyl chloride exposure. Burn. Uh, once that started, once they announced that, we thought that was atrocious from the beginning, uh, the way they wanted to do it. Um, at first, the evacuation zone was a mile. And then once they decided to do the controlled burn, they made it two miles. And we just thought that was ridiculous. Um, we saw that they were evacuated um, that area. It is a poor area, impoverished area. Um, Columbia County itself is impoverished anyway. But um, that area where that train derailed at is very impoverished and they were kicking people out of their homes. I mean, there's no other word to say that. Like that evacuation, you leave right now, you gotta go. Um, not North Coast Southern wasn't there, but you know, the, the sheriffs and the state police were there escorting people out of their house. You have to leave right now. Um, and so we were right on it then. Um, we noticed that people were being shipped uh, to hotels as far as Northwest Virginia which is about 35, 40 minutes away from East Palestine. Um, they weren't allowed back in their houses. They weren't sure how they were going to pay for this hotel. Then the, uh, the railroad decided that they were going to reimburse daily, which we thought was atrocious again. You're making people go from 30, 40 minutes away, drive back to East Palestine to the community center, and then getting a daily check to go back to the hotel and then redo again, right? And so why that was ridiculous is because once you have people who are living paycheck to paycheck, sometimes paycheck to other paychecks, we've all been there, um, having to pay for a hotel first and then go back to get money to reimburse, um, that could be a danger to them right away. It was. Yeah, and it was food, food in people's mouths. Um, people were, hotels were complaining, they were dropping people at sometimes and like, then people would have to get back in the hotel. So I'm sorry if I'm screaming. I'm no. so frustrated. I just dawned on me. I'm kind of screaming at you, and I don't mean to be. I'm I honored. Really I'm honored to be screamed at by Aaron Brockovich for this community. Uh, this has been uh, 30 years, and it's the same story, Jordan, over and over and over again. I don't the, know if they're expecting a different reaction or response, but it's complete and utter a little too late, lack of transparency, failure on how to appropriately respond to a national disaster. I mean, this is a great conversation for us to have. This always feels like a huge gaslight. I don't know any word to use on these communities. Oh, that's right. What you're seeing, this takes me back to my days in Hinkley, California. Oh, Aaron, the two-headed frog in green water that you see isn't real. And then it makes us question ourselves, and it's like, Bleh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, no, what I am seeing is real. And I'm going to validate and stand with every community that is the 
persons in the disaster that is experiencing it, believe me, they're not lying. And for whatever reason, I don't know why these agencies don't want to hear from we the people as to what's happening to them, to us, in a situation like this on the ground. They're there, they're there, these agencies in DC and not everyone's stepping out there to find out for themselves. These chemicals that... So, I agree with you, Aaron, yeah. and thank you, Aaron, for the work you do. Let's hear it for Aaron Brockovich, man. She's Amen. been on the front line of environmental activism for decades now. Um, of course, so, I think uh, back because of my age, I think back to the movie that was played by, what's her name? Julia Roberts. <laughs> oh, okay. Right on, right on. I'm dating myself. So we, we got life. some more guests coming up here, folks. We do. We'll, uh, we'll take a brief uh, intermission of the New Palestine stuff here to do uh, a little bit of uh, announcements here and to go through some super chats. Uh, but we got some more guests coming. They should be here right around 530 Eastern, 230 Pacific. But uh, first of all, special shout out to everyone who was with me for the net neutrality live stream uh, that was a uh, that was a frustratingly fun time because the hearing was very frustrating. Uh, please check out that video if you haven't yet. We go through the entire hearing and just to let you know somebody actually time stamped uh, my summary of the whole thing. So if you're thinking this might be a little hard to listen to Ted Cruz for a while, I get it. I don't take <laughs> that. Somebody was nice enough to timestamp the summary so you can skip right to the summary. It won't hurt my feelings. Uh, and of course, go to battleforthenet.com, sign that petition, demand they confirm Gigi Sohn, and check out that video. Uh, I got some tour dates coming up, folks. Go to romplacone.com. April 14th, I will be in Los Angeles, California. May 12th, Los Angeles, California. June 16th, Madison, Wisconsin. June 17th, Minneapolis, Minnesota. June 29th, Chicago, Illinois. And for those Midwest shows, use the promo code Lucy at checkout because I got an early bird special going there. So Midwest shows, Lucy at checkout, and you get a discount on tickets. I think we could all use a laugh, so I can't wait to see you all. And keep in mind, if you are on strike or part of a union labor effort, you get to come to my show for free. Email me. We'll work it out. And uh, let's do some chats before our guests get here. Yeah. We also have two new members that just joined. I wanted to give a shout out to them. Um, so Mary Rose and Cameron, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us here at Status Quo. We appreciate your membership funds. They are what help us fund our on-the-ground reporting. So we do appreciate that and welcome. Oh, I said I also welcome. Yeah, I. Uh, all right. Jordan just texted me. OK, oh, so at one point I, uh, I had a brain fart and I said New Palestine. So apologies for that. New pa uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, y'all. I think, you know what I've, I've had. Dude, it's fine. Sometimes I think uh, governor yeah. and I say secretary of state. It's all good. <laughs> oh, I do stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, we, all, we all flub our words, but I don't I couldn't even tell you when I did that or how many times I did it. But yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> New Palestine. East Palestine. And welcome Very to Very biblical. So okay, so I think we're waiting for one ready. more roommate. We have Leah. Okay. Oh, no, they're oh, both they're here. There. Well, hello. Okay. Hi. 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 How's it going? Welcome to the show. Um, Hello there. Thank I, you. I think we should be asking you, how is it going? Uh, so you're, uh, where <laughs> do you begin, going. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's so what have the last few days been like for you guys? Um, scary and confusing. Um, we live about 15 miles south of right. East Palestine. So we're not exactly like in the epicenter of everything. But um, it's been kind of like radio East yes, Liverpool, I'm in, right? in yeah. East Liverpool, Ohio. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just a stone's throw away. Um, we really haven't been told much of anything. Um, you know, it, it seems like, um, I don't know, just no one has information. No one wants to come forth with information. And we're just kind of, you know, sitting here on our laurels wondering what to do, what's <laughs> safe, you know? Definitely. Um, so you can smell the chemicals in your area. I mean, 15 miles isn't that far away. I know, mm -hmm. especially with wind, it's going to blow these chemicals around. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, the fact that the EPA and whatnot want to focus on a one mile radius, this is also a travesty of justice, in my opinion. That is ridiculous. You think that these chemicals are just going to like hit a one mile barrier and stop? That's exactly. Not how it works. Exactly. That's how I it mean, works. and we live downstream and you know so basic down. understanding in how you know the, the environment works is it's going to flow down it's going to flow into the ohio mm -hmm. river and 
you know, um, it was confirmed that chemicals were found in the Ohio River. And wow. we don't we were not told, you know, to what chemicals to what amount, you know, is is this a safe amount? It's just we're just being told, oh, it's fine. It's a safe amount according to protocol. Well, whose protocol? You know, I give me the numbers. Give me the specifics. Don't just tell me it's OK. And and. Yeah, I, we mainly just want the data, like, yes. instead of just everything's fine, like, tell me the truth. And I know, like, obviously, it's, we're in a small town in Ohio, and mm -hmm. in their minds, we're too dumb to, you know, actually need the data. But, you know, some of us are a little more vocal than others, exactly. too. And when you just feed us nothing... Right. People are going to start asking questions, you know? Mm -hmm. and no, and you know, you're, start... you're right on oh, that. Ahead, Don't you? Sorry. Well, you know, you're hitting on something that I think is a really important mm -hmm. point. They talk to a lot of these folks. They talk down to a lot of yes. folks, right? Very they much come so. from Very a, much. a place of being condescending, which is mm -hmm. really infuriating. Definitely. Well, it is absolutely. Um, people people know that something is not right. You can't look people in the face here and tell them it's okay. It's not okay. I mean, we've lived here our entire lives. And, you know, even though I'm not from East Palestine, that's just the, the, the you know, the, the town up the street. And I, I've known that my entire life. And it, it, right. it's, it's, we know what's normal. This is not normal. Exactly. And Leah drives through that town all the time mm -hmm. to go visit like her mother, who's just north. Yeah. Just north about of eight Palestine. miles north, and you know she's almost seventy. I'm worried about her health. Oof. You know what's going to yeah. happen to her. Uh, you know, I, so many things that I don't have answers for, and I'm I'm scared, and I want to I want to be safe, and I want to you know keep keep others safe as well. Right. It's just. Have you can had you any speak, symptoms? Uh, oh, sorry, Ron. I no, just I was actually <laughs> going to ask that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can you speak to some of the symptoms that y'all have been experiencing? Yes. Um, so I would say uh, Monday, which was about a week after the controlled burn, um, I started getting symptoms of what I thought was a sinus infection. But who's to say, you know, considering what has just happened, the timing, um, you know, I have, uh, you know, my, my sinuses are inflamed. I have a sore throat. I have a headache. I feel sick. Um, and so do I, but my symptoms only showed up more recently, but she mm -hmm. actually drove near East Palestine mm -hmm. a few days ago. And it seems like her symptoms appeared earlier, maybe because she mm -hmm. was closer mm -hmm. to right. where it originated from. Yeah. So, you know, am I sick or is this something else? Mm -hmm. What is this? You know, what's going on? And are other people experiencing this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, they say that the air is safe, but if that's the case, why, you know, why are our throats burning? Why yeah. do we have headaches? You know, why do we not feel well all at the same time? Yeah. It's a little strange. And during the controlled burn, too, um, we actually saw black smoke mm -hmm. on the tree line. It was so thick that wow. we couldn't see over the hill to our neighbor's yard. It, it looked like fog, but absolutely it wasn't it was fog. fog. Yeah, it was black. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying. And we've been scared to open our windows to go outside. Yeah, like, we've been minim yeah. minimizing I, going outside as often um, as we can. I don't know if you guys were aware, but the night of the controlled burn, um, there was a, a, a weather, it was called like, um, it was a, I'm not sure what the, the terminology for it was, but the, the clouds were basically keeping the toxic gases trapped in the area. So instead of being able to evaporate safely into higher air um things kind of ballooned out and spread over the area so Ugh. you know i the one mile radius i don't know it's where stupid. they're getting that from it it's, seems so absolutely ridiculous to me considering all the factors yes exactly yeah like, like the, they think the poisonous chemicals get tired after after a month. Right, yeah, you know, know. Or they just they just disappeared like a yeah. magic tree. Yeah. And, it's and, like you know. it's like one of those senior citizens who walks around a mall. Like after a mile, we we pack it in. <laughs> We're done now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work yeah. that way. Yeah, it's, no. it, where is it now? Is it still here? You know, and you know, is it going into the air? It's raining today. Is it is it coming down in the rain? Probably. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's like I'm afraid to go outside and do anything. And we know? have elderly neighbors too mm -hmm. that live in the same apartment complex as we do. And every time they go out, we worry like, mm -hmm. oh gosh, like one of our neighbors was out like the day after the burn, mm -hmm. and we were very very concerned that she would get sick. Yeah, right. And you know, we we've been doing our due diligence and keeping up with the news, but it's it's not the same for everyone. You know, no one. I don't think people in the area are aware of the severity and the potentiality of danger right. mm -hmm. and right. people just aren't, they aren't being informed. They're so not they being, don't know. exactly. That's why. Exactly. They don't know to, to, to be, you know, worried to keep themselves safe. Right. And it's right. just, I, 
all I want to do is just shout from from the rooftops, you know, don't drink the water, don't breathe the air, you know? Yeah. Um, there's only so much I can do. Mm-hmm. So the river that uh, that's polluted comes by where you are, is that correct? Yes. Um, so the okay. Beaver uh, Beaver Creek and Little Beaver Creek um, area, those are near East Palestine. And uh, as far as I am aware of, as of today, uh, there are is still a rainbow film um, if, if oh, you, you can see I, on top there, of the there's water. a video, yeah. I think was released a, a, maybe an hour ago, um, mm, okay. of someone tossing a large rock into the water and you can see the, the chemicals. Oh, it's terrifying. Bubbling it's so up scary. In the bottom. Yeah. And that Creek runs into the Ohio river, which of course feeds into oh my the God. and you know, everything else. Right. And you can only hope that it's diluted enough right. to be safe, but I, I don't know. I doubt it. I, I doubt well, it. You, like physically see it in front of you <laughs> yeah. too. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to ignore. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you and know- this and this goes far beyond like one specific area. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. the water supply for millions and millions yes. of people. Yes, yep. right. absolutely. It's not just absolutely. us. It's not just yeah. us. Um, no. East Palestine is ground zero. And then mm-hmm. it just you know, there's limits that come out from that. It's going to affect exactly, the butterfly exactly. effect, so to speak. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So, And it's just a, such a shame that, like, there should be more help. Like, we were watching I earlier, agree. we watched the interview with that that wonderful woman who has been through so much. But the fact yeah. that she's not getting any sort of reimbursement, nobody's helping her. And her son is sick. Like, it's he could horrifying. die. It's, like, it's absolutely horrifying. It's awful. It it is yeah, we're lucky enough that we just have like a little sniffle and a cough. But yes. like that, it's just. But you awful. don't know what that you know that could develop into something too. Exactly. The long term effects of these chemicals are severe. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're carcinogen. They're carcin- carcinogenic. I couldn't get that exactly. out. Exactly. Which know, means it... we could be seeing effects from this thirty or forty years from now. Quite easily. Exactly. Yeah. You know, am I and there's no way that's staying in one mile. Line? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, also, you talked about um. Re- in the last year, uh, Leah's father passed away of a rare brain cancer. Oh, wow. And previously he had mentioned that he had seen like a pink plume coming out of... It was WTI. I don't know if you guys are familiar with WTI in um, East no, Liverpool. What's... Uh, okay, what's that? It is the, chemical... um, I believe it is the nation's largest uh, toxic waste um, incinerator um, in East Liverpool, Ohio. Oh, so wow. Okay. This is... You know, um, this area of our country is basically, you know, the world's dumping ground and everything bad comes here. And if it spills, oh, well, too mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. And you know? and the the um, the residue that had come out of like one of the smokestacks, like landed in the field where he was coaching soccer, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And we're and kind of putting two and two together. Like, how did he get yeah. this rare brain cancer? Yeah. And, you know, that from be- chemicals. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. so, he lived yeah. in the Ohio Valley his whole life. Yeah. So yeah. this is just a song as old as time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And something needs to be done about it. So yes, I'm absolutely. assuming that there have not been any EPA officials or anybody um, coming down to your area. They're probably absolutely no, not. I mean, not at absolutely. all. Not a peep. Nope. So not you're, a peep. You're getting even less information than the folks are in East Palestine, which was yeah. which is literally next to nothing. I don't think mm-hmm. the EPA would be would have been there if it hadn't been for the pressure that they're starting finally starting to get from the media. I mean, the I first few Definitely. days after this this happened, very few media outlets were picking it up, which we were surprised at we've talked about it you know the next day but you know this is the problem in our country right now is corporate interests have mm-hmm. their tentacles not only in our bot congress uh, but also in the media right they own they've been buying mm-hmm. up all of these you know media outlets and so now yep. a lot of them are corporate owned and it's really difficult for a journalist in these um, places to really speak frankly about corporate corruption it just is That's right? That's yeah and by design yeah, we we typically also don't watch like mainstream like news anymore. I feel like I get like the most honest news from smaller like channels yeah. like you guys. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you're more honest about like your news and it's 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 less yeah. like, you know, like tiptoeing around things right, and you guys right. are very upfront and very I mean, forward. It should be that way. The, no. the real information should be out there for everyone and it just it isn't. I mean, the only reason we we are on top of this is because, you know, we're just very proactive people, but mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, majority of our town really really knows what the danger is next door, Definitely. you know. They really don't understand the gravity of the situation. Definitely. Well, and well right we, now is it uh, right now, like if you could expand on that a little bit, like right now, is it just kind of 
business as usual for a yep, lot of yep. people. Absolutely oh. normal. Completely Absolutely normal. Completely I, normal. I honestly think because of like previously with the coronavirus, people yeah. just don't care anymore. No. And it's it's That's very part like, of it. Fatigue. Most <laughs> of our neighbors too, I don't even think know about it. They don't. They don't. Which um, is very upsetting. Yeah. And it, it just Oh so, yeah, yeah there we go. That's oh, this is the video. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> This yeah, you. Oh awful. my God! Look at that. Oh, yeah. I get oh, that is, Those are definitely oh. chemicals. Holy crap! Yes. Oh. And they're um, settled on the bottom, which yeah. is where you mentioned the Ohio River Basin. Well, I was actually investigating this because you know, I I guess I have to investigate to see for yeah, my on own your healthy. own. Yeah. Um, but I guess this chemical, you know, it has a tendency to sit at the bottom of you know things like this, as you see when you stir up the water. Oh my God! The look Ohio at that. River Basin, they're, they're raw water from the bottom of the Ohio basin. So what is it in there? Is it at the bottom or is this going into our tap water? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But all the local news outlets are like, it's fine. Exactly. Don't worry about it. It's fine. That, that does not look fine. That's not fine. I'm not, not comfortable drinking that. We've been drinking bottled water mm -hmm. exclusively yes. since this has happened yes. because I don't want to put that in my body. Yeah. <laughs> what is that going to do to me? Exactly. It, it, it can like, kill you. I mean, if that's yeah, like chloride. But if not now, maybe 20 years down the line. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, these are all volatile chemicals. We have what? So vinyl chloride, hydrogen chloride, mm -hmm. carbon monoxide, phosgene, mm -hmm. and other compounds. These are, these are all part of what was in this contaminated burn and dump. Mm -hmm. That's what's in yes. the air. That's what's in the water. These are all very dangerous chemicals. And they're... Yes. There's just absolutely no way that they've just all of a sudden disappeared. Okay, no, the evacuation's off, and there's no way they're staying in a one-mile radius. This is this is going to have tremendous effects, uh, and we need to get answers from both the government and from Norfolk Southern. None of this yes. is acceptable. Definitely, so, absolutely. Is are, are there any um, sort? Of, is there any uh, thing that's coming around in in your area that activists are going to glom onto? Whether it's like trying to get an attorney to do a class action lawsuit. Uh, you know, other forms of protest. What What is the consensus right now for folks that want to do something? I haven't heard anything formal yet, um, okay. but uh, I do know that people are stirring on Facebook. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, hoping to uh, see if there's some kind of activism because, you know, I'll be right up there with my sign. You yeah, know? definitely. But, um, definitely will as be far there. as right now, I, I have, uh, I, I'm not aware of anything at the moment um, being organized currently. <clears throat> So I want to read, so Eric, there's a, he's a doctor that I follow on Twitter. He's been very good about um, COVID, but he knows lots of science stuff. So I follow right. him and I appreciate his comments on these things. But he yeah. had a tweet about this that I want to read. It says, my God, a newly public document says potentially contaminated soil was not removed. A critical step to be completely quickly so that toxic materials are not further dispersed into the environment and into the groundwater every time it rains. Oh goodness. So they yeah. so what he's basically saying is that they should have been removing the topsoil that it has the contamination. The chemicals are definitely going to be in the topsoil. There's no two ways about that. Definitely. And if they yeah. had been more proactive in their safety measures, they would have been digging out and removing that contaminated soil, but they haven't done mm -hmm. that. And now the rain, yeah, will absolutely carry the toxins. Um, and it's been raining a lot it here, is raining too. Right now, yeah, actually, it's raining right now. Speak. And also around East speak. Palestine is a major agricultural... People depend on the livestock. People depend on the crops. People hunt here in the winter because these people, you know, they don't have much and they, they need this yeah. land. They need this to sustain mm -hmm. it. Right. You've poisoned it. You've poisoned their, right. their you know, livelihoods, their sustainability. Mm -hmm. So he went on to say cleanup and monitoring of the site could take years. Kurt Kohler of the Ohio EPA said on February 8th, vowing that after the emergency response, the Ohio EPA is going to remain involved through uh, our other divisions that oversee the long-term cleanup of these kinds of spill. Okay, sure. I'm not buying Yeah, right it's now. like, where, where have you been? Like, okay, it's, yeah, it's uh, been like weeks. Like, where uh, have you been? <laughs> In a document sent to the EPA and recently made public, uh, Norfolk Southern uh, contacted uh, in regards to the cleanup efforts did not list soil removal among completed activities. Uh, removal of soil that has come into contact with hazardous chemicals is a key cleanup action at spill sites. Uh, contaminated soil will continue to leach contaminant, contan contaminants both into the air and down into the surrounding ground and groundwater. 
so uh yeah this is very bad this yeah definitely and obviously like the the livestock like they they eat the grass yeah and you know Mm -hmm. they're constantly it's all connected it's a butterfly effect the the ecology of this is quite large it's not going to stay in any one thing and then if they slaughter that cattle and it gets eaten by someone else all those contaminants Mm -hmm. those volatile uh organic compounds will will be present yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, for th- them to say is... that this is safe is just wrong. It's just not. No, this is only Absolutely, the beginning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It just feels like it's just going to balloon out from this, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm nervous about the future. What what is this going to look like for us and the surrounding area? You right, know? and where are people going to go if they are like actually well, it's not safe? It. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's a very it. poor area. Mm-hmm. People right. can't just get up and leave. No, it's, no, it's, you it know, doesn't work yeah. that way. I actually saw somebody on Twitter make that comment. Yeah, Same. has it they been were frustrating just move, for you? And it's like, no, you can't just move. It's funny when you were checking the uh, East Palestine tag on Twitter, mm-hmm, and there yeah. people are listing their houses on Twitter, mm-hmm. trying to get out trying of there. Out. But like, it's who's, who's going to buy, buy it? House? Who's the Toxic who Avenger? There, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does everybody know who the Toxic Avenger is? <laughs> <laughs> That's who's going to buy all the houses. Yes, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> people that want a third arm, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> little B movie humor there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it becomes impossible, right? So this is an impossible situation. There's nobody that's going to buy the properties. You can't move unless you sell the properties because you don't have the money to move without selling the property. Exactly. So no, these folks are trapped in a situation that is incredibly untenable. And yes. you know, the, as far as I'm concerned, Norfolk Southern needs to come to the table with far yeah. more than a, a handful of uh you know a couple hundred dollar bills which is all they've yeah. given insulting yeah and Absolutely. they and they didn't even well, show now up they're not even doing yeah. that and now they're yeah. not even doing mm-hmm. that right yeah and they didn't even show up to the uh the town meeting no, that was didn't. going right. on because they were too right. scared of these yeah that we're, <laughs> we're scared of how we feel yeah <laughs> we're scared it's awful you know? yeah it's yeah, bad i mean maybe you should be scared because of what you did and you have no remorse for it but that doesn't change exactly. the fact you still need to be yeah, accountable yeah, they're yeah, scared that they're going to get yelled at but right. instead the poor mayor gets yelled at who didn't do anything wrong yeah right right all right well, and it's Next. just um He's sort of just desperate for information, which, yeah. which I feel like he's just like channeling the feelings of so many where it's like, mm-hmm. and when you see your mayor just kind of going like, what do we do? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a huge federal failure. You know, things yeah. like this don't happen in small towns. So no. it's incredibly yeah. overwhelming for everyone. And I'm especially him, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So my heart goes out to him. Yeah. And everyone in East Palestine, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So next steps is is basically to try to get more information and then to be mm-hmm. able to trust that information. I don't think that information is going to come from either the EPA or Norfolk Southern. So potentially maybe an independent body will come in to mm-hmm. uh, do some investigation, some testing of water, testing of soil, mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping that we're, happens very we're soon. We're hoping for something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies, do you know, because we asked our other gal, we're going to ask you too, is, are you aware of any uh, donation site that has been set up for folks that want to donate to help the folks out that are, are going through this right now? I know there's a lot of people that are looking to donate money. Do you have any Not idea of moment. anything set up? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen anything uh, yet. I've seen a couple of, of you know, cash apps from individuals, okay. but nothing, nothing okay. major at the moment. No. Yeah, no. All right, somebody needs to set that up. They do, uh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so everybody's like, where do I give? Where do I give? And there's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Hopefully yeah. something soon. Hopefully, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, party words, well, ladies. Um, um, I just hope things end up some semblance of okay. I don't know. Yeah, and At if, this point, things you know, are looking very grim and very scary. And if if you're scared and you're, you're you know, uh, angry and upset we're we're here with you you're not alone and yeah we're just down the street keep keep screaming as loud as you can until somebody hears you that's what we're doing yeah definitely that's all i can say yeah thank you guys so much thank you so much thank you 100 and keep in touch with us and and let us know of any updates that you have um please thank you so much thank you all right thank you for doing thank you so much